man, once you've greeted someone with a smile, a high five, a handshake, amen, you may be seated. Good morning, New Life family. This is the day of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and somebody said amen to that. We need that amen to be out there in the atmosphere. Our world is hurting. There's pain on every side, darkness on every side. People are hurting. Amen. And, and they are looking for hope, and they're looking in the wrong places. Amen. And uh, God has given you and I an opportunity in this area that we live, in this region, in this community, amen, to be a light and to be an encouraging word. We carry the good news. We don't carry the bad news. And there's plenty of that in our world. Amen. We preach for something. We don't preach against anything other than the devil and his, his work. But we don't spend a lot of time on him. Because we need something from heaven that only our Lord and Savior can provide. We need Jesus, and we want to be full, right? We're not going after partial, halfway, three-quarters. We want to be full to the point that our cup is running over, correct? Does anybody need your cup to run over? I haven't met too many people that doesn't need their cup to run over. Amen? Most people that say they believe in Jesus need to get full. Amen. Most people that's been living for Jesus for decades need to get full. How do you know that? I have a man that I look at in the mirror every day. And there's an old man there that has the Adamic nature that wants to get out of the grave. And I have to make a conscious, I get to make a conscious decision every day, amen, to focus on the one that sits on the throne, not the old guy in the mirror. Amen. Making room for Jesus to keep coming to the house that already belongs to him. Amen. Whether you live for him or not, he already owns you. He purchased everybody. Everybody got purchased 2,000 years ago. Not everybody's taking advantage of the blessing that comes with that. And so the good news is daddy already bought you. He just won't make you follow him or serve him. Amen. You can go to church all day long, but he won't make you be the church. You can shout hallelujah every time you go to church. Amen. That don't mean that you're a lively stone necessarily. What are you saying, pastor? We're going for full. We're going for the fullness of God to have his way in our life. We're making our minds up. It's time to be kids again. It's time to come to him as children. Give him place. Quit trying to figure God out. Amen. He had to deliver me from that and all the Bible studies I have recorded. He had to deliver me from the idea that I could figure him out. It's not possible. To, if you try and if you think you're going to get him figured out, all you're doing is hurt to yourself. You're bringing more heaviness and frustration on yourself. You want to think this thing to be light and easy? You need to double check what it is you want. Amen. Do I need to be accepted among people or do I need to be accepted by Jesus? Very important. We need to do an inventory on what we want. What is it that you want? Check your heart gauge on your or your want gauge in your heart. Because if you're not wanting the right thing, and we often want things that don't look bad, don't seem to be negative, and appears to be good, but it's not God. And behind that want that's not really bad can be a motive that's anti-Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. I used to think it was, my, it was my duty to find out the difference between good and evil. And it cost me dearly because I was playing around the wrong tree. The Lord wants us around the tree of life. I don't have good and evil figured out for a purpose. Amen. I can tell when it ain't right. 
I have this, this thing that God gives us. It measures the presence of evil. It measures the presence of not God. Amen? But if in my mind I think it's okay and I think it equals good from my lens, it'll pull me in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so double-checking how it is that we want things sometimes that are good, but they're not God. What do you want? And so I've been doing some evaluation on that, and I've been finding out there's some wants in my life that are not necessarily God wants. They're not bad. They're just wants. And when I want something apart from wanting him, he can't get in. Amen. Now, we know that the Lord will supply all of our needs, that we don't, come on, this is, this is, this is something we're, we're going to talk about here in the next few moments. I'm going to have but a few moments to get to talk to you about what God's doing on this guy. Maybe it'll impact you. Amen. I'm believing it is going to impact you today. But there's something to be said about an attitude of gratitude. Something to be said of that. Being thankful. Is anybody carrying some baggage that takes your thanksgiving out? Is anybody carrying something in your spirit that causes you, when you don't realize you're doing it, you're being negative? Done that before? If there's something inside of you that's not, you're not so, Lord, thank you for saving me. Why am I worried about everybody doing it wrong? I did wrong. I messed up. I dropped the ball. And it was the mercy of God that pulled me into a place. By his mercy, he invited me. And he drew me into a place where he showered his presence upon me. And I don't need to lose that thankfulness of what he did for me. Worried about everybody being saved. Anybody ever worried about people being saved? To the point that you actually tried to go fix them. If they'll listen to my Bible study, they'll get fixed. And the next thing you know, you're trying to straighten everybody out so they'll be good little Christians, and you can't do that. The enemy of your soul wants you to try to do only what God can do. He's the only one that can build his church. And the next person's pretty rough. You know, I, I said this months ago, but I remember making the loop under 1604, and the Lord said, you know, Son, would you die for Barabbas? And I've, I've learned my relationship this way. He's trying, to, he's trying to help me when he says stuff like that in my spirit. And before I could get on 1604, I was weeping. And he's letting me know, what would you do for me, son? Would you die for Barabbas? And some of you that hadn't read the Bible, Barabbas was not necessarily a good person in that day. He made some mess-ups. But he was someone God loved. And God loved him so much that it was so unfair from our lens for Jesus, who didn't do anything wrong, to take the place of this person, which is kind of a signal of all of us. Kind of a, he didn't do it just for Barabbas, he did it for everybody. And I was having some hiccups with some pushback. And that took the hiccups away. You know, sometimes some people have to be scared out of hiccups. But God spoke to me about how he loves and how he's after his harvest. Amen. It's so valid. God is into us. And so do a double check on what you think it is that you want that's okay. Here, I'm going to read you a passage, a couple, just a few quick passages, and we're going to get in the meat of this. And I'm going to show you something God revealed to me that I should have known before now at 61. Wow. Yeah. How God can speak through this donkey is amazing. Jeremiah 45 and 5. Now, do keep in mind, it's easy to be deceived on what surrender looks like. And we heard it this week in our 21 days of prayer. 
You can be submitted and committed and yet not be surrendered. I didn't know that because religiously I was submitted and committed to what I thought was the kingdom of God and found out I wasn't surrendered to God. Anybody ever done that before? It's easy to do. And probably today, before we get through talking in the next few moments, you're going to realize, oh my goodness, I have been submitted and committed to some stupid stuff. All the while thinking I was surrendered to God. Amen? Oh me. Well, anyway. Fool. We're going after it. Jeremiah 45 and 5, it said this way. We want to be careful of what we want because there may be motives hiding behind those wants that we don't even realize that are there. And so God says through Jeremiah to a man that had a heart for the kingdom, he says, are you seeking great things for yourself? Don't do it. I will bring great disaster on all these people because that's what they're doing. But I will give you your life as a reward wherever you go. The Lord has spoken this. Amen. People that are more into making a great name for themselves will find the road of destruction. But when we want to recognize the name that he's given us that's above every name and fall into alignment with that and say, yes, Lord, to that identity that Christ has given us, Amen. Uh, look, for the guests that are here today, I found out what in the name of Jesus really means to me. Amen. I was baptized in his name in water a long time ago. But as I've grown in the Lord, I've begun to realize that it's not an abracadabra statement. In the name of Jesus, behind you blessing your food. Okay, we, in the name of Jesus, this. In the name of Jesus, be healed. That's great stuff. I'm not opposed to say it in the name of Jesus. I just found out I want to be in his name. Any, any two or three that gather in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. There's something to be said about grouping and connection and being in the family, being a member that's fitly joined to the body of Christ. And as I'm in his name, God is number one. You're number two, and I'm number three. The moment I try to become number two, I step out of his name. The moment I lose the zeal to be more concerned about your needs than my own, I step out from under the mind of Christ. Anybody ever done that before? I wanted to be heard. Anybody ever wanted to be heard before? I need to be heard. You're not in his name there. Amen. We were baptized into Christ. We were raised, amen, resurrected to walk in his likeness. Amen. And what he's after, if you don't know this, he, is, he has a passion. You are his passion, number one. Very important you get this one. You are his passion. Number two, his harvest, his mission, his harvest is his Next passion. And then three, your involvement. If you want the heart of Christ, anybody want the heart of Jesus? Don't forget, he sees you. You're the apple of his eye, the church. Every member is precious. Every child is important to him. You are precious to him. You got to catch that. Because if you don't catch that, you'll never get the heartbeat of his kingdom, which is his harvest. Does anybody believe the Great Commission? We call it the Great Commission, but it was God given, amen, his mission to those that would follow him. Go ye into all the world and do what? Baptize and make disciples. If I'm not baptizing and making disciples, it's because I hadn't realized my value to him first. You're significant. He no, that's just for the guy that holds the mic. Oh, you have to go to seminary or Bible college, get a degree, and then you can baptize and make disciples. That devil's been telling a lie for a long time. I found out that none of the people that followed him had degrees. According to the religious group, they were ignorant and unlearned. And Jesus gave the mission 
away. You are valid. You're important to him. The only reason you're not living up to your abilities and dynamics and, your, and your, the nature of God in your life is because you doubt who God says you are. And if you can ever agree with him on who said, and he can give you experience where you're not questioning it, you get this, I know that I know that I know. And if you ever get that, I know, and you get filled with it, amen, to your cup's running over, and you're talking the king's language, you ever get to that place where he's just bubbling out of you with rivers of living water, oh, now you're fixing to catch the passion of his kingdom. You can't help but baptize and make disciples. Because you can't shut up talking about how good God is. And when someone starts talking about how good God is, they want to know what you got that I ain't having. I need it in my life. There's something to be said about being full. Because you don't go to church no more. You are the church. And you know who you are. You know the mission of his harvest because you're thirdly involved in it. You're doing it. Amen? It's important that we find out what the motives are behind what we want. And double check what it is that you want today. Amen. In Philippians 4 and 8, it says this very powerfully. Always be full of joy. Verse 4. Philippians 4. Verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice. It goes on to talk about be thankful for all things. Right? So thanksgiving is important, correct? The Philippians are going through some pushback. The pushback is there's a dictator in rule in Rome. And his name is Nero. And he's feeding people that believe in Jesus to lions and crucifying them and burning them at the stake. That's pretty, that's pretty rough pushback, isn't it? And here Paul is writing to them because they're kind of anxious. And he's saying, don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Well, hold it. Are you being fed to a lion yet? He's saying rejoice. But Paul, I know they're coming. They just got the street over a bias. They're coming down our street next. Rejoice. Well, let me just tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you ain't full, you ain't going to rejoice. If you only half full, the half that's not full is going to show up. Is that true? Would y'all say that our world's pretty messed up right now everybody's saying that even the world saying it man we're messed up and they know that they're running on empty and they don't know what's next because it can't get no worse they're looking for a way to get full of something beyond what they've got because they're full of some messed up stuff well I can personally help them because I found out the guy in the mirror has been messed up and full of junk too. And it's really not cool to be full of religious ideas. That's, that's, that's the worst kind of messed up. Jesus called the religious group twofold the child of hell. It's one thing to be a sinner and lost and doing stupid. It's another thing to be religious and doing stupid. The fire just got turned up hotter. Amen. And to be, what did it say? I mean, y'all, y'all, this is message of hope, y'all. But it does say in the Bible, it would be better not to know than to have known and turn from it. That's pretty strong. And Jesus always said, he, he said it too in Matthew chapter 7. He said, look, he said, uh, there's this group called the many. Didn't we prophesy in your name? We cast out devils in your name. We've done all these works in your name. Those are Jesus' things, right? And he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Self-will is what it's talking about. Self-worship. I'm in charge. You wouldn't let me be joined with you. In other words, you wouldn't let me fill you up with my presence. I'm saying that to y'all to understand that 
you're not going to fix nothing. The Lord didn't ask you to be the Messiah. He didn't ask you to change anything. He just asked you to come to him as you are and be a child. After he gets through, he's going to take all the burdens that you're carrying, trying to be a good person. He's going to take all of them and give them back to the devil from whence they came. Amen? So what is it that you want? It goes on to say here in Philippians 4, verse 8, that's where I wanted to get to. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. So what happens if I decide that I'm going to change my way of thinking? Because I got some thoughts that I've been finding out lately I've, this week that I thought were God thoughts. And he showed me, eh, not mine. And that I inherited it. And God worked with it mercifully. It's God merciful. But if I would think correctly, he would do something. So getting thankful and rejoicing when it ain't fair. Number one, it's important for us to catch this. Well, I can't do it. He knows it. That's right. That's right. You can't do it. So let's, if you're in that place, I got you covered. I can't do it. All right. Bring, bring that reality to him. He will take care of that because he will give you what you need to rejoice. He'll give it to you. We'll talk about that shortly. But if I think correctly, he promises us the things we're going to do. So I know my, th my, my, my rejoicing issue is real because, man, I got all this stuff that's not right and it ain't fair and, and I need everybody to hear me. Right? So if I can't rejoice, I'm probably not going to think on those things with the true, just, honest, pure, and good report, right? Let's say that one more time. If I can't rejoice correctly, I'm going to get bogged down in trying to fix things and be God's little elf, which he don't have any, by the way. He leaves all the angels works up to them, and he asks us to do one thing. Come and follow me, and I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you. I'm going to be into you so much that you will begin to my harvest and fish for what I'm fishing for. Yes. And his name is glorified that way. So if I can't be thankful and I can't praise, I'm probably not going to think correctly. But if I can think correctly, these are what's going to happen. The first thing's going to happen, if, if I think correctly, he says, I'll be with you, number one. Now, y'all, there's been times I hadn't been thinking correctly, which is important for me to know that if I'm not thinking correctly, I can't be full. That my thinker is how I get full of whatever it is. Anybody full of something you wish you weren't full of? But if I think correctly on those things which are just, honest, pure, and of good report, and if there be any virtue, uh, praise, I think like this. He says, then... I'm going, to give, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you peace, number two. And this is the third thing. He says, I will supply every need according to my riches. And by the way, I checked that out. He, he, got, he got a lot of riches. And you can't outgive him. And he wants to give all that to you. And then he wants to take you when you realize who you are, his steward of his manifold grace. His minister of reconciliation. That's who you are. If you ever catch this, you'll take care of the harvest. Amen. And it'll just be one miracle and one glorious revelation and one wow factor happening every day. We're going after full, ladies and gentlemen. Our community here is hurting. But we've got to get the hurt out of here. We've got to get everybody full of him everybody needs to be full of him so if I think right God's with me 
Number one. Number two, he gives me peace, which is evidence I'm full. And thirdly, I don't have to want for nothing. I got all my wants met. I got him. All right. So this is a signal for some of just Just a quiz real quick. I got a few minutes. Do you think of how much money you have for this month ever? You got enough money in the bank? You ever think about, man, I'm getting a little chubby here. I need some new clothes. Do you ever say something you wish you could take back? Yeah. I've done that more than I want to talk about. Y'all hear me repent all the time. One way that you can know that you're full, amen, and that you're thinking right, is when you take no thought what you're going to eat, you take no thought what you're going to wear. That's what he said. You take no thought of what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you what you're going to say. You only say what the Spirit says, and that's it. That's when you know you're full. You won't say nothing but what the Spirit says. And you take no thought of tomorrow. Boy, this place is going, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. My God. And you, next thing you know, we're in a discussion of what's going to happen tomorrow based on our evaluation. And that's evidence you're not full. Would that be true? Or is Jesus lying? And so he lets us go there. How many times have I been there? I got a number, y'all. What does that do to me? It humbles me. I catch myself in my thought process. I catch myself thinking about, well, we need to budget this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And we need, and I need, and I'm getting where I need. And, you know, and I'm thinking about how messed up things are around the world. And when I catch myself doing that, it's a signal I'm not full. Because if I was full, I wouldn't think of those things. I would think of those things which are true, just honest, pure, and a good report. Only. I only have time because right now all I can see is what he's passionate about. Huh. And I hear him talking about how, how proud he is and how excited he is about his plan in my life and what he wants to do through me. But the problem is him getting through me so he can finish what he started in the earth. Isn't that amazing how Jesus comes, God in flesh, shows up 2,000 years ago. He starts something, but he can't finish it without us. He limits himself to finish what he started 2,000 years ago through his church. And he waits on a willing vessel to make himself available, and he chooses a little, a little uh, you know, one, two, three, to help us get there, repent, be baptized in his name and be filled with his spirit, his attitude, his nature, his character, so that once he's king of his kingdom inside of this guy, I don't own myself no more. He's in charge. Now, you know, we can talk about God being in control all day long, but have you let him get in charge yet? But I go to church and I'm a member of so-and-so. And, but you're not full. If you're saying it like that, you ain't full. It took God shaking my world to get me to realize this. And so I have to challenge everybody here today as we bring this, this jet down here in the next few moments. Is we have a gratitude, thanksgiving issue. It's real, man. Being thankful, you just can't be thankful on your own. You have to have something to empower that thanksgiving. Something has to happen to make you realize, I need help. And it might be humility. You went through a storm, something happened, it ain't unfair, and you've come to your end, and you fell to the bottom, and all you can do is now look up. Yeah, well, God works with that too, right? So there's a thanksgiving, a rejoicing dynamic that has to happen. In, 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 in Psalms 100, it talks about, that you enter in through thanksgiving, through the gates of thanksgiving into courts with praise, right? So thanksgiving and praise would be a very valid point, wouldn't it, if you're going to enter into the presence of God, right? 
Anybody want to get to the holies of holies? And you want to stay there, right? Ah, stay full. Because once you get there and you're full, all you do is bless the nation. That's all you do. It's just blessing just coming out. Blessing. You curse not. You bless, 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 bless. Because you're full. So if I'm not blessing everything, if I'm not being the mouthpiece of God and articulating like my master, the teacher, Jesus, the servant's not greater than the master, but we walk even as the master walks. Because he never said anything but what he heard his father say. Oh, but, but pastor, that, that's God. I know. Why don't you catch that? What's the spirit inside of you? He's trying to be your daddy. He's trying to help you. Jesus came in flesh and showed us how to have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying. If I can hear what the Spirit is saying, I have hope. If I have hope, guess what? You got faith now. Faith is the substance of things. How did that hope get there? You can hear. Well, maybe God loves me. Okay, the fact that you can say maybe God loves you, it's trying to get in. It's trying to get in. It's a Thanksgiving problem real we enter in through thanksgiving and in this course with praise we bless his name you know Jesus gives the disciples it's kind of like a setup you know how to enter in Lord how is it that you go out a great while before daybreak and you come back and cities are turned right side up teach us how to pray and we've come to realize that our ideas of prayer is kind of messed up too God actually wants us to develop in our relationship with him where we, we, we pray without ceasing. That we're just an utterance of him all the time. Rivers flowing on everybody, blessing, encouraging, building up, strengthening, edifying. The kingdom of God has arrived. Joe, get ready. When you go into Walmart... Angels are saying it. The kingdom of God has arrived. The question is, are we going to let Jesus be in charge? And that person at the cash register is hurting. Are they going to get heaven or hell? Which one? And hell comes in all kinds of forms and fashions, y'all. Hell from heaven's description of what the world's going through can be a mask, a religious mask that don't bring any hope whatsoever. Look. Jesus comes in on a donkey through the eastern gate. What was the one thing that tried to stop his entrance? The religious group. They wanted him to shut up all the thanksgiving and praise. And Jesus said, oh, if I shut them up, the stones are going to cry out. The rocks are going to cry out. When I come... I come because there is thanksgiving and praise. And the Lord let me know. He said, son, let me develop that in you. Let me give you an unction to be thankful. And let me impress you on praise. I'm looking for a way to come today. This idea of our, our ideas of Jesus coming, has got most of the Christian world is on hold. One of these days he's going to come. One of these days he's going to show Look, Jesus came back in Acts chapter 2 and he made his abode among humanity in spirit and in fire because he needs to finish what he started in Acts chapter 2. 2,000 years ago, he started it. And now the enemy has, like Paul wrote, he said, grievous wolves have entered in. There are many antichrists and they go to church. And if it was bad then, how bad is it today? Everybody's trying to figure God out. That's antichrist. When you try to figure God out, that's antichrist. And the moment you give everybody your opinion and your preference on how you believe about God, you just put hell in their life. Pastor, be careful. No. We only should say what the Spirit is saying, and what we say always blesses, it encourages, it builds up, it edifies, it strengthens. It validates what God's mission is. 
Amen. We're talking about what he's saying to us about our place in serving his will. And we're talking about his harvest. And we're involved. It was the religious spirit that wanted to stop thanksgiving and praise that put Jesus on the cross. And they, look God, this is, this is what gives me. They were submitted and committed. But they wasn't surrendered. They were totally submitted and committed to the way they perceived God to be. And they took the one that God told them was going to come and crucified him. That's pretty messed up. My question is, I'm talking about the God of the mirror. I'm not preaching to nobody here today. I'm telling you about the God of the mirror. I wonder, have I done that to Jesus too? Have I been so submitted and committed to my idea of God and his kingdom, but not surrendered? And have I crucified Christ to an open shame? Hebrews chapter 6, go read it for yourself. Have I been guilty of that? And I'm, I'm questioning that guy in the mirror pretty regular now. And the Lord set me free. And he's going to set some of us free today. You know, in the Hebrew, for the word praise, is everybody that's, if you read your Bible or if you've done any study, you know all these seven different methods by which praise is demonstrated in the original Hebrew. Uh, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read out a few of those for you right here. And then we're going to close this down. I'm getting out of the way so God can really do what he wants to do. Seven words that describe that describe from God's perspective on how he sees praise. Yada, to extend the hands. Tehila, to sing, to boast, to laud. Barak, to kneel or to bow. Hala, to boast, to celebrate, to skip, to appear foolish and absurd. God, perspective of praise. Oh, by the way, for all you that go to football games and basketball games, be careful now. Oh, you ain't even got to go to the gate. You got, you, got a, you got a screen. I wonder what you do in your room, your house, when your team is playing. What if we ever get on fire for Jesus from his perspective? Toda, toda, to give worship by extension of the hands and adoration. Zomar, to sing with instruments. All these things are surrender, surrender to praise, surrendered praise, surrender praise. Shabak, to, to address with a loud tone, to shout. This is what the Lord showed me, y'all. Israel sat down at Jordan for three days and sanctified themselves. They repented. Keep in mind, this is the children of Abraham. This is God's chosen people. And the majority of them died in the wilderness because they was hard-headed. Like the guy in the mirror that I'm dealing with. And they looped the mountain 40 times because they had God figured out. And we're children of Abraham. We don't need no Bible studies. We know. And they were overthrown in the wilderness because of their religious attitudes and their arrogance, and their disobedience. And only 20 and below are sitting at the, of course, there was one older than that. That was just Caleb. You know why he, he was there, him and Joshua? Because they didn't come back with a bad report when they went and spied the land out. They come back and said, we're well able to do what God said. They come back with a good report. They didn't come back with an evil. Anybody ever had an evil report before? I don't know if we do that, Pastor. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we can do this. I know God said it. I was there. Matter of fact, God spoke through me with tongues and interpretation and prophetic utterances. And, and I said it too, but I don't know. Has, any, has God ever spoke to anybody here and then you'd question what God said before? You know why you did? You need to go but double check your want gauge. Where's your thanksgiving at? Where's your gratitude at? 
And after they sanctified themselves and focused on the mercy of God and became thankful, the river opened. And they walked over on dry ground and they walked around Jericho. The first part of God's promise to Israel was Jericho. The first part. They were were looping it for six days. They're looping it for six days, but on the seventh day, praise entered in. The dynamic of thanksgiving followed them from the the banks of Jordan. Thanksgiving followed that presence of thanksgiving and gratitude. And they walked with a thankful heart for six days around a wall. And on the seventh, the Spirit of God prompted them. And they shouted. And when they shouted, the walls came down. The Lord showed me in my own life how he would, walls I didn't know were there. Walls that I didn't realize had been there quite some time, that he's going to keep taking walls down as I walk with him. But I've got to let go of yesterday and my idea of him yesterday. He's much bigger than my idea of him yesterday. I'm going to say it one very clear. Jesus loved Barabbas. Is there someone or somebody's that you're in your life that's treating you unfairly? That's manipulating and controlling? doing everything that has horns on it and a tail. And they are just like the devil. You know why you don't love them? It's what God's been showing me. I got a gratitude issue. I'm not thankful for what he did for me. I'm not thankful for how he pulled me out of the hell I was in. When I was kind of like the one that's bugging me, I didn't know I was that bad until the Lord revealed it to me. We've all sinned and we come short of the... What are we going to do about it? We're going to get thankful. There's some walls in everyone here today. It's in your life that need to come down. And the Lord says, I'm going to take them down. Everybody here. Because if, if it wasn't, you'd be glorified and you wouldn't be here. But since you ain't glorified and you're still sitting there, Jesus is still working on you. You haven't arrived yet. Until you do what Enoch did, you're still here. You need Jesus. And we haven't been as thankful as we're going to be. It's time for some walls to come down. And this is what I found out that I did not know. That as I'm thankful, I found this out this week, y'all. I should have known this because he's had me do a reflection. Every time I met with you and blew your mind, son, what was going on? And so I started just backing up. And every time there was an outpouring in my spirit where the rivers were coming and I was, my cup was running over, it was when I got thankful. And while I was being thankful, he impressed upon me to praise. And the moment I yielded to the bending of the knees, or I yielded to the leaping, or I yielded to the lifting, or I yielded to shouting with the voice of triumph, the moment I yielded to praise, he met me there and exploded out of me. Everybody in this room knows we need to be thankful. We don't deserve to be here right now. We know that. And if that's where you're at, and that's, that's, that's a good place to start, just start being thankful that you're breathing and you're moving and you're able to have your being and that you can make a decision and you actually have your mind to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Because what's going to happen when you just start from that parameter of thanksgiving, there's an oppression coming, and he's going to want you to probably jump up. And the moment you do that, woo, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, something's going to happen that's an experience that you can't deny. And it's going to be the key. 
experience the wow factor that causes you to start thinking right. Because you're getting full of the one that can help you think right. Not religious thinking. Kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is righteousness, peace, and joy. Anything that doesn't fit in that parameter is stinking thinking. And our church world is full of stinking thinking. And got Bible studies to back up all the stinking thinking. Because I got some of them. The world needs some salt. The world needs some light. And if I'm going to let my light so shine, it starts with gratitude. And I enter through the gate of thanksgiving. Thankful. And when I get that, 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 that place where there's that, that altar sacrifice, I can die there until only he has access to me. I can get to that brazen lather. I can go down in that name that's above every name and be washed. He's getting me ready to go in to a place where he has access to be in charge of his house and bless the nations. Anybody want to be God's man or woman? If you want to be God's man or woman, you bless the nation. You don't curse the nation. You don't talk about what's wrong with it. You don't talk about what's wrong with the politicians and the government. You don't talk about what's wrong about everybody's ideas and preferences and opinions on politics. You don't talk about that, not Jesus. Oh, no. Why? Why don't we talk about it? Because we need peace in our homes. It says it right there in the book all the Bible. Anybody believe that Paul was right? And he was walking in the Spirit, that he was led by the Spirit to write that? You pray, you don't speak evil, that there may be peace. How many Christians think you have a right to point out everything that's wrong with our world? Where'd that come from? A religious spirit, a lying spirit, an antichrist spirit. We only have just enough time to say what daddy's saying. And his passion is you. His passion is his harvest and your involvement. And he's going to do the saving. And he's going to do the sanctifying. He don't need you to do that part. He just needs us to group together in his name. Make him number one and whoever we're grouping with number two. And every one of us, if we're full of thanksgiving right and we're full of the spirit, we're number three. And we're more concerned about the needs of others than ourselves. And you will love Barabbas. Charles Manson. Oh, there's some really mean ones now. But to Jesus, I'm after him. He went to hell to get me. Why can't he go to hell and get me? Would you stand? If you have some walls in your life that you know need to come down, the Lord wants to invite you right now to come forward. And remember, you're not here for people to see. You're here for Jesus to see. And we're about making him know that we see him. If you've got some walls, everybody that has some walls that need to come down in your life right now, would you come forward? Anybody. It don't matter. Anybody that has some walls, you know, you know what? I, I'm empty right now. I need, on, I need to get on full. If you're empty, you need to get on full. Would you come down? If somebody's ticked you off lately and you can't get over it, would you come down? If you can't quit thought, thinking about, I need more money, would you come down? And, and you're not being made to come down, by the way. You can stand where you're at. That's, that's fine. You can have a miracle right where you stand. I'm just inviting you, if you really want to step on the devil, movement is majorly spiritual. Thank you, Daddy. And we're going, what we're going to do now, we're going to get thankful for the next little bit. And as we're thanking, just you and Jesus, start thanking him for what you know 
about how good he is. You just start where you are, what you know about how good he is. And as you thank him for being good that he is, his name, come on, he gave him a prayer. He taught him how to do it. We can step into it. We can pray about how great his name is, his kingdom coming. Give us bread. It's not talking about money. It's talking about the word of life. Come on. Because we get all that and he'll take care of your finances. Don't worry about that. Forgive me as I forgive others. Anybody need forgiveness? As you're thankful, he's going to start impressing on you. It might be lift your hands. It might be kneel. It might be shout. It might be skip. Appear foolish. Absurd. Pastor, don't do this. No, no. We need to get full. We need to get full. What do you want? What is it that you want right now? Come on, come on. You may want something that's not God. And God wants to get that one out of you until all you want is what He wills. And thanksgiving is the way we start it. So it's just you and Jesus now. Just you and Jesus. How thankful are you? And when He impresses you to kneel or to leap or to clap your hands, He'll meet you there because now you're praising now you've entered into praise. A miracle's about to happen. Thank you, Jesus, for the miracles right now.